Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Berry, alongside me from Morgantown, West Virginia, virtually alongside me, that is, is Mr. Darren Shrewsbury Jr. Darren, this is not a show we really want to do, but it's a show we have to do. How are you? Got my giant cup of coffee. I'm ready to go. Well, that's a start. I have mine, and I had a lot more caffeine <laughs> than I've probably had in the last year and a half combined, so this should be interesting. I may or may not Definitely. be wired, but we'll find <laughs> out. So I mentioned this is a sport that uh, a show we didn't really want to do, but I don't think we would be doing our jobs correctly if we didn't mention it, and that the fact that it is the largest and biggest story probably in the history of the sport. College football season is on the brink of being canceled for the fall. The Mid-American Conference canceled or suspended until spring their all-fall sports, including football, last week. On Friday, that happened. The Power Five over the weekend, for lack of a better word, panicked. And now the Big Ten and or the Pac-12 are expected to announce today that they are suspending the football season for the fall. And this is according to Dan Patrick. So, Darren, first question. Your first reaction when you found out all this was happening. And then second question is, do you support it? Well, first off, I was not surprised, but I'm still disappointed. Um, Because at this point, we we could have had all of this situated where we wouldn't be having this discussion. This could have been dealt with ages ago and we would, we would be having football and not even discussing the possibility of canceling. Um, so really given, given everything that's, we're still running rampant to the country and the fact that a lot of places from what I'm aware have still committed to having some fans in the stands whether it's half capacity, I don't know, mostly. Um, uh, and that just doesn't scream safe for anyone. So really, it's something that needs to happen. And I, I, I'm sad about, about all this happening, but I'd much rather everyone, the fans and the players, be safe than me get the enjoyment of watching them tackle each other over football for three hours. I have to agree. And here's the thing to anyone who says, Oh, this is inevitable. New Zealand is back to normal. New Zealand's had 101 days of absolutely no transmission. It can be done. Okay. And I know what you're saying. New Zealand's a much smaller country. The point is people there actually listened and they didn't fight back. If we actually wanted football, we would have fought. We would have listened. People who are telling mm-hmm. us to do this stuff know what they're doing. I trust a lot. I trust someone with a degree a lot more than I do someone who doesn't. They just picked up this because they saw it on Facebook. Okay, seriously, New Zealand is back to being in a hundred percent capacity stadiums and playing rugby, and they love rugby down. Rugby to them is college football to us. Okay, it is the lifeblood of the sports of sports in the country. It is football to it is our football mm-hmm. to them. So. They loved it. They wanted it back. And I'm sure there was a lot more than just that. But the point is that they, 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 they managed to beat the virus. For the most part, Japan has done the exact same thing. South Korea, I believe, is doing very well. Although I, don't, I believe I saw that. Don't quote me on that. But the point is mm-hmm. it's been done. So Germany yep. managed to come back to the Liga. England did the Premier League. Uh, France prematurely canceled League uh, but even then, as the rest of the European leagues were starting, there was some pushback in France whether or not they jumped the gun and canceled too soon. 
to the point where they actually have the Coupe de France. Uh, they're one of their uh, uh, cup tournaments. The final was held a few weeks ago. So mm-hmm. they obviously were feeling good enough to actually play that game, yep. albeit with no fans. So here's the thing. It can be done. And college football is the only – well, college athletics are the only thing that can be done in the bubble. That's the only thing we know for a fact is bubbles work. The NHL has no cases. The NBA has no cases. Coincidence? I think not. Nope. The bubble works. And you cannot put college athletics in a bubble because if you do, you will tear apart the word student-athlete at the, at the core. Mm-hmm. You will officially end all debate. And here's what that will get to. That will get to people saying players need to be paid. It will get to players saying that even more than they do now. Yep. And that's the can of worms they don't want to open. I don't really blame them. I'm on the player's side in this one, but I don't blame the schools for not wanting to do it. But here's the thing. You can't do it in a bubble. which means you have to be able to play it safely on home fields, and we can't do that. Not only that, and we talked about this before, if you don't have fans in the stands, you will suck the life out of the sport. Yep. You will absolutely suck any and all life out of the sport. It was either going to be done – or 100% or none. And right now, the best response is none. And anyone who debates me on that is wrong. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely no way you can play college football the way it's supposed to be played now. You can't do it. And we could, and like Darren said, we could have been out of this. We could have been preparing for week zero in two weeks. Marshall was supposed to play East Carolina, and in in again, that's supposed to honor the 50th anniversary of the Marshall plane crash. We probably would talk about that game, even though we're a West Virginia podcast. Neither of us have ill will to war Marshall. We probably would talk about that game, but we're not mm-hmm. going to get a chance to now. Nope. Shame. Absolute shame. And again, I, I don't want to get too far into this, but if we're going to be canceling athletics, can we just send, can we just make school all online now? Do we right. really need to bring kids back to school? Yeah, Answer that, no. I, I agree with that 100%. Like, there's at this point, most of the places, it's you're still bringing in thousands of students from all across the country to all of these universities. And despite the fact that all of these universities do have some kind of contingency plan, at least it seems, whether it's half capacity, um, they're regularly testing uh, high risk um, uh, students, things like that. Um, I think WVU is going to be regularly testing dorms, dormitory students. If I I've kept up with their news properly. I've kind of ignored it a bit since I won't have to deal with it in the fall, but I've tried to keep up a little bit. Um, but uh, it, it, even with that, we're still going to have problems. And I, and, and now that professors and, and instructors have had, well, at this point, four or five months to figure out a more appropriate online plan, it, it, it's, it's insane to, to really ask everyone to come on here. And then of course we, we dealt with the that very brief um, uh, ordeal with the international students, and luckily that was axed pretty quickly. But um, it, it's it's just crazy. It, it, I, I've been thinking the exact same thing though. Like you, you can't ask students to be on there and and cancel sports or vice versa. Like it, it honestly should be all or none. At this point, it's getting more so more towards what about the money which money can recover we can recover all of this you can't recover the the lives that are affected by this virus if they if they're if they're dead you definitely can't the long-term effects that we still don't know too well but we are getting an idea of that's not something anyone wants to deal with either which 
you know, a lot of places don't seem to KO, and a lot of people don't seem to KO, sadly. I was looking at the top 10 largest public university campuses enrollments during the 2018-19 academic year on Wikipedia. And the biggest school in the country, Texas A&M, has 69,367 students. Do you really want 69,000 people in the same area? No. You don't. You absolutely do not. I have a doctor at Ohio State. And uh, it's the hospital is right in the middle of campus. Ohio State has 61,000 students. I was supposed to see them in Oct- in, later this month. You know what I said? Absolutely not. I'm not going up there right now. I don't want to be mm-hmm. in the middle of school starting back, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, go to, go to the middle of campus. I don't think so. No. I don't want that. West Virginia has what? 30,000? Yep. Right about that. No. No. Absolutely not. I have a brother who will be going back to WVU in a matter of weeks. I don't want him going up there. I have no desire to see him go up there at all. Yet he's going to because the university has basically said, do it. And I love Dr. Gee. Even though I never went to West Virginia, I think he's a great leader. But something about the way he and the university are handling this is is not sitting well with me. It just isn't. And here's the thing. If you were able to do the entire semester basically after spring break online last year, there's absolutely no reason you can't do it for the fall this year. There is absolutely none. Mm -hmm. Absolutely none. There should not be a single person on campus enrolled in a college or university. Faculty? If you have to go to your office or something to teach or get something, fine. I get it. But students should not be on campus this year. None. At least for the fall. In the spring, we can discuss it. But now, no. Not until we get this thing more under control or learn more about it. Exactly. I pondered this yesterday, and I thought thought to myself, what's the over-under here? Like, I give it three weeks max before universities start – pulling out or pulling back to, to all online courses. And that might even be gener- too generous. Honestly. I was going to say two weeks. But, but I don't give it very long at all before universities, especially universities in the higher hit areas or harder hit areas that are still getting hit hard. I don't expect Ohio State very long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't it's expect like, it on. very long at all. I don't either. I, I really don't. And this is the problem with college athletics. We all love it, but you are dependent upon the actions of a university. Professional football, you can put them in a bubble. You can say do whatever as long as the players' union agrees to it. And the players' union will agree to most anything as long as it's within reason. They fought back a lot more than they have recently, a lot more than they have in the past, but they still have a pretty good agreement rate. Colleges athletes are dependent upon the actions of the university, and the university is motivated mostly by money. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm saying it can get in the way of a lot of common sense. And I understand why they want people on campus. I understand it. And I understand why the MAC canceled. I don't think the MAC was looking after this, was looking after their student athletes. I think the MAC looked at this and said, look, a lot of our, a lot of our programs are dependent upon these playing games with these power five schools to run the athletic department budget, and they aren't playing these games. Instead of letting our athletic departments suffer for having to operate without that money, it's better, we're better off to cancel. And I understand that. I think, and mm-hmm. I don't have any evidence to support it. It's just my own personal opinion that that's why they canceled. I think the Mountain West said the same thing too. Because the Mountain West, I'm sure, looked at it and like, okay, we're a bit off from the MAC, but we're still getting a lot of money from the Pac 12, and they're only doing one non conference game. 
Yeah. That may not be good. So, and they're on the verge of canceling. So I think they looked at it as like, okay, we don't need to do this. The, uh, the, uh, oh crap, what's it? Big Sky Conference out west in uh, the FCS canceled last week. Same thing. Mm-hmm. They're getting a lot of money. And it's like, okay, we can't do this. This is the Power Five are the only conferences, are the only schools that can afford to do this. And yet they're looking at this and saying, okay, we shouldn't do it. And if they're, if they're finally breaking instead of bending, you know there's a problem. Absolutely. So as we said, the, uh, the Big Ten and or Pac-12 is headed to announce today for Dan Patrick. Uh, there has been some fight back amongst the players. And specifically, there's been a hashtag. I forget what the hashtag is. Uh, it's something it's we, we like, want to play. Yeah, I think it's we want to play. Okay. Basically, the uh, the face of this is Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who was presumably the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, and is a Heisman favorite. He's basically been on the record saying, I want to play football. And I don't blame him for it, and I actually applaud him for being honest. But the reality is that it's not safe for he and or his teammates to go play. You and I were talking about this the other day. Clemson goes to Virginia Tech. I know that for a fact because we talked about that with Joey last week. If Clemson goes to Virginia Tech and Trevor himself has the virus, sends it to a player on Virginia Tech, then Virginia Tech goes and plays Virginia, and Virginia goes and plays Florida State, and Florida State goes and plays Boston College, and Boston College goes and plays Notre Dame. Notre Dame goes and plays North Carolina State. Do you see where I'm going with this? It will spread throughout the conference. That's a problem. That is a very, 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 very big problem. And that's why it has to be. That's why we have to say, you know what? We want to play, but there's no way we can do it. Because here's the thing. Yes, you can build in bye weeks. But what to, uh, to make up cancel games? But what if... The bye week happens in this. The infection happens in a situation where there are no more bye weeks you can uh, you can build in, and you have to either eat it or find a way to to play the game on a short week and put both teams at disadvantage. Hmm? What if you have a situation where a team is is really good and can, and could be up for the conference championship game and they don't play and they play one fewer game because the game got canceled and all of a sudden they don't, they don't get a chance of playing for a conference championship. Yep. Hmm? What it, about it, that? If you're doing so a disservice to those athletes, exactly. It throws so many winches into the thing, and and let's let's extend this to outside the players. This isn't just about the players' safety either. This is about fans' no. safety. Like the players, I feel like a lot of the players are, are acting as if this is only a player safety thing, and of course it, it is for primarily because of the fact that they're the ones playing. But let's add this to a, a bunch of list of things. I think a lot of them are assuming that that death is the only option here if you get this virus. They're, they're, they're like, oh, we're preventing you from dying, so we're not going to have the season. I just now read an article on Bleach Report that said multiple Big Ten athletes have, have shown um, symptoms of myocarditis, which is a linked symptom of COVID-19. That is not something, a heart condition is not something that you as a player want to have because you're an athlete. You, you know, a heart is quite important uh, for athletes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just life in general, one. really. Just this, <laughs> you want to have it in general. I, I never think it's no. about that. Exactly. So it, it's more than this. And then the fact that, that you're tying in, 
uh, you know, tens of thousands of, of people to watch you to come here and probably spread it amongst themselves and then take it back home. This is more than just player safety. And then this is what it comes down to me saying, I, I basically have said that I am not comfortable with these players playing if there are if there were any more than zero fans in the stands. But as we discussed, that really dampens that environment. Do you think that the kick totally six would to... be as the kick six would be nothing if not without Auburn fans being uh, in crazy insane after that mm-hmm. game and Alabama fans sitting there like, what the heck just happened? Exactly. Imagine that with no fans. You can't do it. That's my point. Yep. And like I, I get, I, I perfectly understand that all of these, all of these institutions for their athletic departments, they have pretty set um, uh, protocols in place for how they're going to handle this. I don't know how often they're testing. I'd hope they're testing frequently for the student or for the athletes at least. But it still comes down to this. There are let's just let's just talk about the FBS in terms of this there are 130 plus fbs schools correct in football alone yes if you have or it's inevitable that one or two or three it's inevitable that someone in one or multiple of these thousands of student athletes are going to screw it up and screw it up for everyone i totally understand that all of these students have this work hard mindset and you know they're all determined but there's always a few that aren't. We've seen that in the NFL. We've seen that in the professionals. There are always some who go against the grain and screw it up for everybody. Let me give you an example of Major League Baseball. The Indians had to send a pitcher home because he violated a team, violated protocol and went out with a friend while in Chicago to play the White Sox. The St. Louis Cardinals had an outbreak in their clubhouse because players went to a casino. Mm-hmm. If we can't trust Major League professional athletes to do it, you tell me we can trust an 18 to 22-year-old kid? I don't think Absol- so. Absolutely not. I, I, I can't I, – I don't trust a, your typical person to handle this. But, no, I don't, I don't trust them either. And that's not saying that every single one of them is going to do this. Uh, totally not. But they're going to be the few that ruin it for everybody, and we won't see All a season Texas anyway. If, if the season starts and this happens, we won't see the end of that season. So – it's it's insane, and I don't think anyone's actually thinking about that in terms of these players. Someone's going to screw it up, and that and they don't think they are taking that into account. And all of you these, can say the locker room. Co- no. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, so all of the coaches are, are starting to get on board. Neil Brown thinks we can have a safe season. Nick Saban, all of the coaches, but I still sit here and go, no. I, you, you, you're, I get it. You're confident in your students, and that's what you should be. You should be confident in your student-athletes, and I applaud that. But it's a lot more than just being confident. You have to have some, a little bit of logic aside to accompany that faith that you have there. The only way to do that safely is if the head coach was someone on the coaching staff would it be a helicopter parent and be there every second to say, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Or mm-hmm. instead of having players go out to a dorm, you have them basically rent a hotel for the season. And, and that's not practical. It's going to eat yeah. up budget. It's going to eat up time. It's yep. No, you can't do it. The, so the only thing you can't. Or the other thing I would add to that. Yeah, you can't do that with budget at all. That would be insane. 
the only other solution I would have is, uh, if we're talking of actually trying to have a season in that way, is allocate reallocate dormitories. But you have so many dorms on campus. Allocate one of them to just athletes. Sure, that's that's a reasonable thing. And, and but even then, that's still you have to have the logistics of moving all those other students who wanted to be in, let's say, Dadisman. Uh, I don't know why you would want to be in Dadisman, but let's I'll just say I don't really know why you would want to be let's there. Just but let's say, just say that, yeah, <laughs> like is not the greatest place. But yeah. if if you had were dead set on being right there on on uh, above the mountain rail and having easy access to things, and then you get upended because the student athletes end up getting preference that might throw some some anger in the thing and throw some logistics a wrench in the logistics but there there will and it's probably too late to even start worrying about that but that's the only th- other yeah. thing that comes to mind there for me so you actually brought up a point i was going to make and it was about testing if you're trying to test athletes to where they can play a game imagine if you prioritize an athlete over a negative student mm-hmm. can you imagine the fury that seeing these parents who don't care about that athlete who were like, you tested them so they could play a ball game over my son or daughter going to class trying to, be an ed- trying to get an education. Mm-hmm. You can't go to a parent and justify that. I don't care who you are. You can't do it. There's nope. no way. Because there are some people that don't give a flying flip about athletics. They just don't. They don't mm-hmm. care. And, and that's when perfect you, to fail. Uh, and, yes. I disagree with them, but that's their right. Of, of course. Here's the thing. If if you do that and you and you say, well, sorry, ma'am, uh, my your daughter won't get tested because we had to play a football game in, in Oklahoma, there might be steam coming out of that woman's ears. There might be that mad, and you know what? I don't blame him. I really don't. This mm-hmm. is the situation we have to do everyone equally. Athletics have no place being on the high horse this time. Absolutely yeah. not. And, and I, I also want to to add on just a slight kind of a side note, but also the same thing. Multiple, uh, multiple people, especially some people in Congress, are going. America needs, and they use the word "need," college football. No, no, they want college football. There's a difference between wanting football and uh, wanting something and needing something. Football is by no means a need. Sports are by no means a need for the country. We want them, and they're very, uh, they were very entertaining, and I enjoy them. But by no means do I need football. To go on with my daily life, I do believe in the power of, that sports has in terms of the public good. I do mm-hmm. believe in that because I've witnessed. I've been a part of it myself. Oh yeah. When my when my mom died, West Virginia played Marshall that same day we buried her, and on the way back we had a reception afterwards, like a just a how how's everyone doing? You know, really sad day kind of thing at the church, mm-hmm. and my dad. Uh, let me go home and change into a West Virginia versus Marshall shirt that mom and dad had bought me for like the first friends at Cold Bowl in 06. Mm-hmm. And I wore that and listened to the game on my on the way home. That was my mom's funeral. I should have been locked into that, but I was so focused on that game and it helped me through that. I, yeah. I understand the power that sports has in that situation. And I'm not ever going to discount that. But in terms of needed, no, I can survive without it. I made it this far without it, haven't I? We went months mm-hmm. without having a professional sporting event. Outside of NASCAR. And you know what? We made it through this far. We can make it again. We don't want to, but we can. And here's the thing. Exactly. The NFL is going to step up and say, hey, we're here. We're still going. If we're going to quote Brady, we're still here. We're still here. You know, it, it, yep. we're, they're going to do it. It just it stinks that we're not having this. Ed Orgeron, the LSU coach, actually said 
college football is the lifeblood of the country. I love Coach O, but he could not be more wrong if he tried. Mm-hmm. I love Coach O, but he's wrong. Exactly. And plus, and I, and I know people are probably going to go, oh, but the NFL is doing things. But again, these are professionals, and it's a whole lot easier to to corral the professionals in bubbles in some, in some aspect than it is the student-athletes. And the NFL still be kind of tough, and I don't think yeah. they have any plans to really do such a thing, but I'm sure they that... Should. Yeah, exactly. And especially if it comes to playoffs, that would be a whole lot easier. But yeah. there, are, there are more logistical ways with actual professionals who don't have to balance school and all these other things than there are for the student-athletes who are students... And then it's, exactly. Here's the thing, and I said this before, and I'll repeat it again. The NCAA wants to hold on to this notion of student athlete, as in these people are students first. Exactly. And if you put them in a bubble and you treat them like professionals, you're going to tear that up at the core. And they don't mm-hmm. want to do that. That's the only way we can do this safely, and they're not going to do it because they still want to have a way out to not pay players. And you know what? That's fine. If they want to do that, that's fine. In this instance, I'm with them. I'm for players getting paid because players, college football players and college athletics, athletes in general can't have a second job. That is their job. Regular mm-hmm. students can go out and have like two or three jobs of, uh, in, a, in a semester. You can do that. There's no one stopping you. Athletics, nope. That's your only job. That's your entire job is to be a student and an athlete. So I'm for players getting paid, but if they want to use that as a way to keep uh, players are not being paid, and in this case, save the season, or in this case, save it by canceling it, go for it. Yeah, Go for it. I'm fine with it this year. We can revisit that down the line. But now, no. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Exactly. So here's my big question. Here's kind of the big thing. When we get back into football when when we get back into college athletics in the, in the spring probably february march what will the sport look like and what will the sport look like going forward post this i still believe that the fcs on down will move to the spring full-time and we'll only have the fbs in the fall i still believe that do you agree with me i can't think of a reason to disagree really i think if it ends up working out um in a more positive way than it would for the FCS in their usual tests. They find that it's, it's worth it. I wouldn't imagine that they'd, they'd decide, Hey, we're getting more money. Let's just not do this. Or, or, you know, or however else they, they decide on that. I, but I can't really think of a reason right off the bat that could say, no, I don't think that they'll go against that unless they find that it just isn't financially viable it's less financially viable than it already was. Yeah. Money's going to be the driver there. And we may not know that immediately because the FBS moves to the spring, then that completely eliminates the whole FCS only thing, but still. Exactly. I think, but here's the thing. I honestly think that with the advent of streaming services like ESPN plus and uh, uh, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. you're going to see a lot more games on available and that's going to help. Yeah, and I think because of that, they're going to look at this and say, okay, we can get you experience on ESPN+. Plus. We can get you mm-hmm. exposure there. And then when the FBS moves back to the fall, like in 2021, you can go, okay, here, you want 2022 spring? You got it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and there's so many that, streaming site those services popping up now that I, it would be you'd be hard pressed to find one that wouldn't say, "Hey, yeah, we'll we'll air this exclusively or something." There was even a debate about Amazon taking up the Premier League, and they have it in England. And, and Netflix is was uh, rumored to try to get involved in streaming service of, of football. Mm-hmm. They said no, but they were rumored to. Uh, don't tell me they wouldn't try it if they thought they could make money on it. Yeah, and that's kind of funny for, for Netflix because you know the running joke is Netflix takes up anything. Yeah, <laughs> and I've seen the yeah. stuff on Netflix that they take up without. Question. Yeah, I know. Like, how did you think this was gonna make you money? But hey, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever <laughs> you you got. And here's the thing: they hike up the subscription fee because they're like, "Well, this bond." Yep. That's why the subscription fee goes up. They keep making bad stuff. <laughs> oh, well. Like, oops. Yeah, well, yeah. Here's the thing, though. That's, it, we're, we're moving into a completely new college football world than we, than we were in before. Whether it be FCS, Division Two and Division Three in the spring, more streaming games, you know, whatever. The sport is going to fundamentally change from here on out. And quite honestly, I think it's for the better. I truly do, because I think college football, college football is a very much a regional sport. People out west don't really care that much about it. People in a professional sports town don't care about it. College football is meant for those who don't have professional sports in their in their hometown: Morgantown, West Virginia; Tuscaloosa, Alabama; Clemson, South Carolina; Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, with the exception of the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Columbus Crew. There's an NHL and MLS, not exactly in the NFL. Yep. You know, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania has everything but the NBA. So, you know, it's built for that. It's not built for you know, New York, Los Angeles, except for USC, Chicago, mm-hmm. except for Northwestern. Even Northwestern's kind of like, well, we're here, but we're not really here. So, college football is a very much a reasonable sport. I think the changes that can be made to the sport with players getting paid. Uh, more exposure for other schools. Uh, uh, just all around smarter decisions can help the sport grow into these markets that they don't really have a big to do about it with. I genuinely believe that. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing New York State doesn't give two flips about uh, college football for the most part, unless you are in like a West Virginia bar or a Texas bar or an Ohio State bar or something like that. There is no like really New York City football team except for the Giants and the Jets. So, and even then, really? Can you not find something (laughs) else? It's still funny that they play in New Jersey. Yeah. I I I will never understand that naming scheme. But, you know, that's a whole new debate. Well, the Giants did play at Yankee Stadium for a while, I think. I think. Anyway, the point is this. The point is that you know, if college football plays its cards right, they can expand into markets that they don't really have a foothold in right now. And mm-hmm. they can actually bring some of those markets like Fargo, North Dakota, or James Madison, or other schools like Weber State in the Big Sky, really good. You can bring those up and you can say, hey, these people are good too. It's not just Ohio State, Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, USC. It's not just yep. those people. There's are other schools that play really good football that you don't know about because you don't watch it outside of what ESPN is shoving down your throat. And that's a and maybe shame. Just, maybe just maybe we'll start, we'll, we'll see fewer comments of, oh, he's from a Division II school. He, he's not worth a first round pick. Yep. Maybe. Maybe we'll Here's see the thing, less though. of that. 
next spring, when everything gets back to, to quasi-normal, we hope, mm-hmm. I would encourage you to, on any given Saturday, that there is a college football game being played, I would encourage you to find some game other than the Power 5 game. And like Whether it be a group of five, MAC game, Conference USA, FCS, D2, whatever. I would encourage you to watch those games and tell me if those aren't good and competitive because the answer is they are. Those are good football games. Those are good football players. They're just not – they might be an inch too short or a 10 pounds too heavy or too light for the FBS. Mm-hmm. But those are still good. Those are still good football players. Watch them and tell me those aren't competitive and tell me you didn't enjoy yourself. And I'm going to tell you you're lying. Exactly. I have seen too many Division II football games at Congo to know those guys can't play. I know it. Those guys can play. I've seen it from the back of the end zone. I've seen it from the stands. I've seen it from the sideline. I know what those guys can do. So here's the, the other big question as we start to round out the show. We'll, we'll continue on a little bit more. What will your fall look like now? That our Saturday's got a our fall weekend just got a lot more wide open. Yeah, it's for me. It's probably going to be trying to well, yeah, trying to figure out ways to fill it. And honestly, depends on. I one, I don't even know what my work schedule will be. I'm still searching for that. I could very well be working on Saturdays and miss all the games anyway. I have no idea. Um, I mean. I've been I've been trying to force myself into getting back into some some you know more regular guitar playing or trying to strengthen up my computer my coding skills which are kind of which are quite weak and we have things an like that uh, that too <laughs> so try try to try to do some more of that and, and and fill the void there I'll probably play a hell of a lot more Madden. I might break down one day and buy a used copy of NCAA 14, despite the fact that it's 60 bucks still, which really so it's a good game. I watch yeah. a, I watch a YouTube channel, which I've shared a couple of videos with you before that plays a lot of NCAA created uh, 14 created dynasties. And I watch them. I'm like, man, I just want to play this game again. I just want to play it again, but it's 60 bucks and it's a used game. It's eight years, eight years old, yeah. but it's, it was such a good game. And I, I had it in my possession. At some point, I borrowed it from my dad when he bought it because when he would, when the new games would come out, he'd buy them, give me the the year prior game, and I would play until the following year. And he claims he gave me NCAA 14, but I don't believe that he would have because that was the last game ever made. Um, I borrowed it at one point, but neither of us know where it went since then. I I just I remember getting it back, and I think he moved, and then it lost in a move or something, but. Yeah, I'm, I missed that game, and I can't find anywhere that I can get it that isn't $60, dollars I'll, I'll tell you what. I have a copy of an NCAA game. I forget if it's 13 or 14, but I have a copy of an NCAA game. If, you make, if you're in favor again, we'll play it. Heck yeah. I know Michael found um, my brother, for any of those who aren't aware, um, he found uh, in a box of things that was hiding next to his computer um, – and by hiding, I mean it was a bunch of stuff was piled on top of it, and he just had it sitting there. He found uh, NCAA 06 for the uh, PlayStation. Wow. And then um, wow. I also found, which I found the box for it, but not the game for it when I was at my grandma's, um, uh, NCAA 03. But that didn't have a disc. It, it probably fell out somewhere in there, but I found the box for it. And I was like, ha-ha. I have an I have NCA 0808 on my PS2 that I still play every now and again. 
uh, I run that old West Virginia option offense, and let's just say we're rolling. Yeah. But my, my I put up 70 points in that game, and I'm really excited about it. One of my favorite plays from those older um, PlayStation games was um, the halfback direct snap. The newer oh, games, yeah. they, they, they got rid of that in a couple of the newer games in the last few games, and I loved using that, especially when you had players, the equivalent players of Steve Slate and Noel Devine and such at that point. You could snap oh, it and yeah. go 75 yards in one play because they, you know, those guys were so quick. <laughs> there was one play, I forget what it was. It was in the multiple offense uh, on, like, the only Xbox games. Like in, I, okay, so I had a PS2. And my uncle gave that to me. And I played that for a while. And then we bought an Xbox 360. I forget when we bought it. I want to say like 2011, something like that. I might be wrong, 2010, somewhere in that ballpark. Mm -hmm. And I would play those games. But I I don't buy new games. I buy used games. I don't have the desire nor the finances to go out and spend $60 on a new game. I just don't. So I will wait until the game, until I find it in a reasonable price on the used section. So I would go out and play those games, and I it's like NCAA 11 or 12 or something like that. I remember I had the game, and I was playing. I liked to just – I like to start a coaching career. I'm, I'm, my nickname is Coach. That probably shouldn't shock you. <laughs> so I would just go around, and I would play as West Virginia, but I sometimes play as like Duke or Alabama or Navy or just pick some random school. Yeah, And just go out there and see what you can do as an offensive coordinator. Just see what happens. And I was playing as a Duke. And I don't remember what the play was called, but I remember it was a weird blocking scheme because it was not a halfback direct snap, but it may as well have been. It was a quick handoff. It was a draw, but there always seemed to be a gap between the center and the right guard. Uh, uh, in it was like it was like pointing the Red Sea almost. It was like a massive hole, and I would always call that play if I on like second and four, and I needed to pick it up and keep myself on schedule. I just needed to run a play to get uh, back on schedule here, but. Actually, second four is on schedule, but still, it's like I need. If I needed yards, I'd always call it, and I don't remember what it was, but I, I know I know it when I see it, and I'm just like, man, I want to call that play again. I might actually have to go fire the Xbox up and play that game today because I might just have to do it. But anyway, that's probably I'm with you. I'll probably play a lot more. You and I are trying to start a Madden league because, well, why not? We both play Madden Mobile, and we did it when when the first when the game first came out. And mm-hmm. I want to do, for those of you who are not Darren and don't haven't already heard my plan, because I've repeated it to him like 5,000 times. It's about the same time. <laughs> Again. Uh, I want to do this thing where instead of on a Madden Mobile League, you can play like league championships where you have a tournament basically of the people in your league. You have to have minimum of four players to do it, but you have up to 32 in the whole league. What I want to do is I want to have a, at least an 18 league where I make up a schedule because I'm fascinated by schedules. And I know some websites you can do it for free. Excuse me. And uh, you can go and I make a schedule up and I'm like, Darren, I'll play one weekend. Then I'll play another guy next weekend and what go down the line mm-hmm. so that we have a bona fide league schedule so that on the weekends we have football to play. We have some kind of football in our lives outside the NFL. Which, considering it is Madden NFL, that's kind of ironic, but still. It's something else <laughs> besides just the actual NFL game. So yeah. that's my grand plan. And I'll tell you something else, at least with me. I told you this before, but I'll say it again. I got a lot of trains in my future. Because that's the one thing I guarantee you will not stop. The railroads keep going. 
Carlo traffic may be down, but they still keep going, and I know where to find them. Yep. So I'll still be out there somewhere on the high iron. Uh, if, you, if Danny Harmon ever hears this, thank you for that phrase. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll be somewhere on the high iron watching trains go by and filming them. But, yeah, I've also got a documentary I need to finish. Me and my girlfriend are working on that. So that probably should that should probably help out uh, film uh, production of that pretty she even though she might not be able to join me on weekends still i can get a lot of stuff done without having to be sitting in front of the tv all week all all, all weekend long mm-hmm. so but anyway oh, go ahead. i just saw something it hasn't given a, a full-on this the full-on decision but it says that according to a various source on bleach report the pac-12 is on course to cancel regardless of the big 10 decision but there haven't been any official decisions yet so but that's according to the specific source here. That doesn't surprise me at all. Nope. Uh, I, the Pac-12 to me will cancel regardless of whether the Big I just don't see the Pac-12 waiting around because they've got players going down their throats. They've got everything else. And they're in an area where college football is not important anyway. It's secondary. I just it's no. You can't. The Big Ten has like Nebraska and Ohio State and Michigan and places that love the sport. And I'm not saying Pac-12 fans are bad, because if you love the sport, you love the sport. But in general, the Pac-12 is an area where college football is not the most important thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. And they have the most, they have the least to lose by canceling a season of the Power Five. Yep. There's just no debating that. And they're probably so far behind in terms of being competitive in the, uh, in the playoff. You know, if there was still a playoff, why bother? You know, what's USC gonna do? Go ten zero? Okay, that may or may not be. They may that may or may not be good enough. Yeah. Oh, so that's the situation. Yeah. Go ahead. So I, we we got the news yesterday that oh you told me the news yesterday that Lamar Miller signed with New England. Yes, absolutely. And yes. The the first the first article I see on that on Bleach Report because I was kind of looking for it, uh, for, looking for an article. Was that there? That him being there now makes it a make or break year for Sonny Michelle. But let's. Uh, but I hate that immediately. Just the headline, I hate that because Sonny, Sonny Michelle's a great back. We had a shitty O line last year. You can't blame that all on him and say it's no. Say but now he, it's, now but it's he a make did, or break for him. He, he he did look lost in some respects last year. It was he I did look he, like he was during the headlights. Yeah, but to be fair for, to him as well, the whole team pretty much did, with the exception of especially defense, after like, time. yeah, that offense was not good. Yeah, so I mean, that granted, I'm good. all for competition in the locker room. If that pushes Michelle to be even better than than we know he is, by all means. But I don't think this is a if Michelle doesn't do as great as as he expects, it's a he's going to get kicked off the team thing. But I mean, I'm all for competition. So by all means, and we and, and we know Bill is too. Yep, we know Bill believes in internal competition. Yep, because I know I've, that. So I've, yeah. I've enjoyed Michelle. I've enjoyed watching him. I mean, he's he is I have powerful. too. He he is, and I think and look, I like Lamar Miller too. I believe you. I think he's a good running back. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. I, I think. It, it's really weird because I think 
Lamar Miller has something to offer this team, but I don't know just how much. Yeah. Plus, I, I there really was don't. Already, and there were already, there's already what? James White, Rex Buckhead, um, Harris, and they drafted another guy, didn't they? they uh, yeah. Tate? Taylor, I might say in this article, something like uh, that. JJ Taylor. Pull up. So they have. That's it. Yeah. So they have four people plus Michelle on the. They have five backs. Why is it a? Why is it automatically a? If Mich- if Mar- Lamar comes in and does great, and M- Michelle doesn't do as amazingly, it's Michelle out. Why? Why not? One of these other guys who are so deep in the roster that it doesn't matter. I mean, you could argue money probably, but money's probably the, the biggest factor, I guess. But. Like, why Why target Michelle? Like, come on. <laughs> he didn't play last year, but Lamar Miller in, 20, uh, in 2018 had 973 yards, five touchdowns, and no fumbles uh, in 14 games. In 2017, he played 16 games, had 888 yards, an average of 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, and had one fumble with three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. No. He, he really isn't. And that's, I mean, and that's with the quarterback, Deshaun Watson, under center. And look, I think this offense, and I will say it until proven otherwise, I think this offense favors running the ball until Cam Newton figures it out or messes the bed. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Whichever I, yeah, happens first, go with it. Yeah, and also you just to add in those oh, Michelle's numbers for the, the last two years because you said Miller didn't play at all last year, right? So correct. There's no so we'll, 2018 stats. So to compare the la- the last two years of stats for each player, Michelle had just over 900 yards in both of his first two seasons. So last season and the season before, it didn't seem like Michelle had 900 yards last year, but according to this, he did. No, he it didn't. Not- he had 912 and seven scores. Yeah, 3.7 yards per carry. And then he had, what, 931 his first season. And Lamar Miller was pushing upwards of 800, close to 900. And then, so that, statistically, in those two years, the, the, the most recent two years of play, they're about the same. Granted, And I would argue the offensive lines on both are around the same caliber. Mm-hmm. And it's not that different a system. Remember where Bill O'Brien coached before the Patriots. Yep. The the Texans are basically Patriots, Texas. Yeah. I mean, they really are. It seems like the the Falcons are Patriots South. The Lions are Patriots North. (laughs) I don't know who's Patriots West, but that, that coaching tree from Bill is massive. It is. Mm -hmm. It's, it's it's, um, rivaling the tree of life at this point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And thing is, most Belichick assistants don't do well as a head coach. Which is... I think Bill is like the only exception. Yeah. Oh, Billy O'Brien. Here's <laughs> the thing, though. That, that wasn't a very good offensive line either. And the Patriots offensive line the last few years has not been good. And here's the reason the Marmillo didn't play last year. He tore his ACL in, in preseason. Mm-hmm. So That's the coming. reason. Yep. He's coming off an injury. Isn't me or having a quarterback coming off an injury and a running back coming off an injury doesn't really sound all that good. And both significant injuries at that. Yeah. And a second-year quarterback as your backup. This doesn't sound good. It doesn't, but 
weirdly enough, we've seen the weird situations where it didn't sound good and it toned out pretty well. So that was also a number twelve back there, and number twelve isn't there anymore. Also true. <laughs> but yeah, we still got Bill Belichick is at the helm. Yep, so the hoodie is still there. Some, if anything, the hoodie gonna, is still there. If anything's gonna, if anyone's gonna take a weird, seemingly bad situation and turn it into another Super Bowl year, it's him. Yep, it, it, it. and here's, here's what I want to know is I want to know how that defense looks because they had like Dante Hightower opted out mm-hmm. and they had other players as well just losing Kyle Van Noy to, to Miami and all those guys yep. going away and it's just like, what are they going to look like? I think the only people that we that didn't, that, that we aren't um, going to see like significantly different outside of Patrick Chung is the secondary and the secondary are the ones that dominated most of the year. Yeah, which is the McCordy twins, and then Stephon Gilmore. Yep, and J.C. Jackson. Um, J.C. Jackson. And they added Michael Jackson yep. uh, oh. from the Lions. And, and fun information. That's a thriller. Absolutely. Fun information I found uh-uh. out yesterday. The um, 29th well, – this isn't a surprise for Stephon Gilmore, but what did surprise me um, was Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson were the top two in that order – uh, defenders in terms of stats allowed in general, whether it's quarterback rating, the average yards the receiver was away from them, all that, you know, turnovers, all that wow. kind of stuff. So they were the top two defenders in the league, basically, stati- in those stats. That it, uh, let me bring up the, the actual thing and read it off. So I didn't realize JC Jackson was that good. I really didn't because I've never been a, his biggest fan. I don't hate him by means, but I've never been his biggest fan. I've always been yeah. like, damn it, JC. You made one. <laughs> and it always seems like he makes a mistake at the wrong time. But then again, he makes a lot of good plays too. So take the good with the bad. Yeah. Let's, see, let's get this to load. And while, Darren can, while Darren's finishes this information, it, was important, it would be a good time for me to remind you that we, would, that we will be back next week with some kind of episode, no matter what happens with the college football thing. If nothing less, we'll have uh, – we'll actually have an official word. And by the way, we announced this yesterday, but I will point this out again. If you want to get in touch with this show, it's very simple. You can leave us a voice message. By going to my Facebook or Darren's. Actually, you know, we should probably create a Facebook for this, uh, for this show. We'll do that. I'll do that later on. But we'll go and we'll put this on uh, that Facebook. And scientific coaching is what I'll call it. And we'll have a link. And if you want to leave us a voicemail for this, if I can figure out how to play it on air, I will. If not, then we will simply... I'll I'll have it typed out and I will read what you said and then we will go on and we will uh use that for that. So that if you want to get in touch with the show, it's very simple. Very simple. Just leave us a voice message or once that uh Facebook is set up, drop us a line on their messenger or post on our page or something, some kind of that. Don't go to our Facebooks respectively. I should have thought of that before I said it, but nonetheless, uh it will be done probably by the time this show is up. So by the time this show is up, go on and look up scientific coaching and you'll see all of our information there. And lastly, I think about what I'm going to do. I might just post all of our, uh, of our uh, episodes from there, have our whole archive there. Yep. But anyway, that's while Darren was looking that up, 
I figured I would kill the silence and just go ahead and do that. <laughs> so Dan, you have you have stats. Yes. So it's uh, it, uh the top ten coverage players of 2019 based on uh, next gen stats. So I'll just go ahead and read them off in order, uh, and then I'll mention the stats that they included. Uh, number one, Stephon Gilmore. No surprise there. Um, J.C. Jackson, Justin Simmons, uh, Tre'Davious White, uh, Eddie Jackson, uh, Harrison Smith, uh, Denzel Ward, Bradley McDougald, uh, Tyran Matthew, and Darius Leonard. In in that order. Um, and They're above this, the Honey Badger. Wow. Yep. So the the stats that they used uh, were the passer rating allowed. Um, the catch rate allowed, uh, which I guess if it was below the expectation, I don't know how uh, some of these next-gen stats are calculated because they're fancy, but uh, uh, the tight window percentage, this is another one I need to look into. I assume it's, it's how close they're staying uh, to their thing, but I don't know. So, so if someone knows, uh, the target rate and the average separation yards, um, those are the, the stats they use to calculate the top 10 coverage players based on those stats. Then, of course, JC J. Well, Gilmore had what was it seven or eight interceptions and was tied for the league lead, right? Something like that. Yeah. And then JC Jackson had himself a couple. I mean, that defense alone had 24 interceptions. So someone probably had at least one on that secondary. (laughs) It was the was that catch rate called the true catch rate? Um, catch rate allowed below expectation. Okay. I was going to say, because I was looking up what a catch rate was, and I found this on fantasydata.com. True catch rate helps measure which wide receivers actually have the best hands by measuring the percentage of receptions made against, made only using catchable targets. True catch rate eliminates overthrown passes, throwaways, and other errant throws that may have been otherwise credited towards a wideout and had a negative impact on the standard catch percentage. Ah, I like that. I like that stat. I, I do too. It's, 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 it would be along the same vein of giving of uh, crediting an interception to a quarterback when it really wasn't his fault. Yeah, there were so many next gen stats out there that I wasn't aware they had, and that I, I, those are the fun things. I think those are the fun the, the the things I look forward to in a lot of NFL games is seeing these out there next gen stats that you wouldn't think about keeping track of, and then here they are showing up. Now, now that's some fun stuff to think about. I've got you. Uh, here's here's a proposition for you. Go watch a baseball game. You have more of those than you can think of. <laughs> baseball has built the entire sport on next gen stats. No, I'm serious. There are entire uh, organizations that don't that will trust the computer before they'll trust the scout for a scouting report and who they should draft and what they should do. Wow. Mm-hmm. There are entire organizations that have built their have built their organization around those computers and those people who run them. Yes. But yeah, I agree with you. Next gen stats are fun. Next gen stats are fun. They're like, you, again, you never would have thought about it, but here we are. We're doing yep. it. And then you see these weird, especially those extremely weird facts that aren't really stats per se, but they're like, oh, this team is like, hasn't won a single game in like 80 degree plus weather or something like that. And you're like, now what in the world? <laughs> like those are those are just interesting things to see too. Of course, we know the Patriots was, stuck in in hundred plus degree. Weather, I was gonna say, but... was that you looking at Miami? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was you looking at Miami and going, uh, uh, no, thank you. Uh, yeah, those are very it's weird like... things that you don't expect to actually be taken 
track of and then people do anyway which i respect them for that yeah i kind of do too uh so yeah that's uh that's the uh <clears throat> that's the situation we are in i'm actually <laughs> this is called multitasking i'm actually building the facebook page right now <laughs> because if i know if i don't i will go off and do everything else and I will forget it. I know how I am. I hope I spelled it correctly. Uh, anyway, that's our show, I think, because we've had college discussion. We've had a Patriots discussion. We'll get more into this as we go forward. We have a little less than a month until the NFL season kicks off on September 10th with the Texans and the, and the Chiefs from Kansas City. And the Patriots will start play that Sunday against Miami. Uh, in uh, Foxborough. So until then, this is Lucas for Darren saying thank you for listening to a show we somehow made joyous, even though it was really depressing to think about. I don't know how I managed to do that. We did. <laughs> <clears throat> until next week, Darren, take us home. Stay safe, wear a mask, and listen to the experts, please. If you really want some football, especially next spring, if, if everything's canceled in the fall, please just, just do it.